From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello, I'm Graham, VK4BB. This is the National News for week commencing March 8, 2015. And in this edition, Anzac Centenary Call Signs Deadline, WIA John Moyle Field Day, NASA Down Under, and Meerkat. It's simples. Anzac Centenary Call Signs Deadline. All applications for the commemorative Anzac suffix call signs issued by the WIA must be finalised before the end of March. The call sign applications are only for up to a week at a time. If seeking an ANZAC call sign, please read the requirements and obligations which include EQSLing, logging and award eligibility. This information will not only be of interest to ANZAC stations, but they can mention them frequently on air and refer to the WIA website for full further detail. Also, a number of other clubs and individuals are to use the alternative AX call sign prefix available this year for up to 48 hours on Saturday and Sunday, April 25 and 26. The WIA recommends that if AX is used, then a QSL card with that call sign be used to satisfy the many prefix and commemorative events hunters. The Darwin Amateur Radio Club has just completed its activation of the VI-8 ANZAC call sign as part of the reenactment of the journey by Albert Chambers Barella to enlist in World War I, Tennant Creek to Darwin, then boat to Townsville. Albert remains the only person from the Northern Territory to have been awarded the Victoria Cross. Dark President Gary Gibson, VK8GN, reports that VI-8 ANZAC was put to air by 10 operators scattered across Darwin, keeping it on air until midnight local time during the activation February the 20 to March the 3rd. The total number of contacts? More than 1,000. NASA down under. NASA has upgraded the Australian facility housing antenna that captured signals from the first moon landing and still helps to track the Voyager mission. The Tidbinbilla Deep Space Tracking Station already houses deep space stations, including DSS-46, the latter a 26-metre antenna that received the first video of Neil Armstrong walking on the moon, a feat it achieved at the nearby but since-abandoned Honeysuckle Creek Tracking Station, before being moved to Tidbinbilla. The new DS-35, commissioned last week, is a 43-metre US $55 million antenna said to offer the latest in beam waveguide technology in order to track probes billions of kilometres from Earth. Owen, those heading to Canberra May 9 and 10 for the WIA AGM? The Tidbinbilla facility, it's just a pleasant 45-kilometre drive from Canberra. Whilst on NASA, NASA moonbound signal heard. Last week in WIA National News, we told you how NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL, had decided to bounce a signal off the moon. It had listeners all right, including at Mildura in northwest Victoria. It had been suggested that reception of the reflected signal would be possible on a basic receiving antenna. This inspired Noel Ferguson, VK3FI in Mildura, who decided to have a listen. As his three-metre dish was out of service, he decided to try an old grid-pack pay-TV antenna to pick up the reflection on 2115. The initial noise floor was about signal strength 5. The reflected signal first appeared as the moon rose over the tree line at about 0820 UTC, with the moon's distance at that time about 403,000 kilometres from Earth. 
Signals in Mildura peaked at strength 7 using the FT847 as an IF on 164 MHz. Noel VK3FI reports that reception continued through to 0900 UTC when the JPL test was terminated. Well done on getting that signal. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In southeast Queensland, it can be heard on VK4 WIG on frequency 146.700 MHz at 9am every Sunday. I'm Bryn, VK4GF. WIA Board Talk. Some major work has been carried out to tidy up the WIA Bayswater factory space behind the WIA office. This work included the QSL collection area. The WIA, thanks to the work of Ken Matchett, VK3TL, Silent Key, has the second largest historic QSL collection in the world. This is a collection of QSL cards that have been donated by radio amateurs and shortwave listeners from both Australia and overseas, the aim of which is to preserve the history of amateur radio. QSL cards also have an archival value in that old QSLs, through their description of radio equipment and comments made by our radio amateurs, can depict the fascinating world of amateur radio in our early days. Members of the WIA have reason to be proud of their WIA QSL collection as it contains some of the rarest archival material in the world. The QSLs of Reinhardt, 1XAM of the USA and Deloitte of France is in the collection. It was this amateur radio transmission between these two experimenters in November 1923 that bridged the Atlantic for the first time. The QSLs of Frank Bell, Z4AA, and Cecil Goiter, G2SZ, are also in the collection. These experimenters made the first two-way amateur radio contact between New Zealand and England in 1924. The WIA board are currently seeking a permanent curator for the historic QSL collection and will be seeking expressions of interest as soon as the factory tidy-up is complete. What use is an F-call? When you first start as an amateur, you get on air, you have a wander up and down the bands, and you have access to so many frequencies you don't know where to start. If you talk to other amateurs, you'll learn that the bands have more and lesser levels of activity at different parts of the band. For example, the 10 metre band SSB runs from 28.3 until 29.1, a wide range to play in. When you play around longer, you'll notice that most of the activity is around 28.5. Of course, as contests hit the airwaves, you'll find the band full of people all over the place. But normally, on a day-to-day basis, you'll find them clustered around various frequencies. As you start, you're likely to start calling CQ. As an F-call with low power, this can be rewarding, but only for the very lucky and patient. More success happens if you find yourself on or around QRP calling frequencies, but overall, if you're like me, you're likely to spend less time calling CQ. After a while, I found myself hunting for strong stations and calling my call sign when they asked for it. That is, strong stations calling CQ or CQDX. Initially, I'd find a strong station and call back. I'd spend quite a bit of time doing that, sometimes making a contact, often giving up in frustration. I'm learning that as time goes by, I spend more time listening and less time calling. This is a good thing, for your voice, for your battery, and for the bands. What I'm now doing is locating strong stations and listening to their QSOs. 
If you hear a station 5 and 9, and they tell the other station they're talking to that they're running 2 kilowatts, you're unlikely to be able to get to them. It's not impossible, just not probable. If, on the other hand, you hear a station saying that they're running 100 watt, you're much more likely to talk to them if they're 5 and 9 at your station. The more you listen, the more you're going to hear rude and silly behaviour, calling partial calls indiscriminately, tuning up on the calling frequency, asking for the DX station's call sign, you name it, I've heard it all. My observation is that the more experienced you are, the less you'll transmit and the more you'll listen. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. South African portion of the square kilometre array will be ready for science by mid-2017. Simples. It had been reported last year that due to a strike by the National Union of Metal Workers in South Africa, among other reasons, the construction of the square kilometre array meerkat dishes had been delayed. But now it would appear the manufacturer has given SKA a schedule saying they will catch up. South African company Stratasat, in a joint venture with US firm General Dynamics Satcom, won the largest tender in the meerkat construction a 632 million rand tender bid for antenna positioners. About 75% of the meerkat has to be made locally in South Africa. All 64 dishes of meerkat, which will be incorporated into Phase 1 of the SKA in 2018, are expected to be completed at the end of next year and ready for science by mid-2017. The 2016 manufacturing deadline would put the meerkat back on track to meet its deadlines prior to the strike delay. The papers of a telecommunications legend, Pat Hawker, Golf 3 Victor Alpha, are being auctioned March 18. The papers are from the period 1936 to 2008. Hawker was one of the legends of amateur radio, but it is claimed he literally helped shape the world we live in today. His service to his country, the radio and television industry, and to amateur radio may never be equalled. During World War II, he was a leading figure at Bletchley Park and afterwards played a leading role in the development of both radio and television. Two astronauts have completed upgrades to the ISS in a picture-perfect spacewalk. Barry Wilmore and Terry Virts, the ultimate cable guys, journeyed outside the station once more to complete their third and final spacewalk. The upgrades to the station will allow new international docking adapters, IDAs, to be installed later this year. Once installed, the new IDAs will be complete and ready for testing and operations. Commercial spacecraft from SpaceX and Boeing are expected to dock with the ISS starting in 2017. The astronauts breezed through their planned assignments by first installing booms with an antenna array. These are needed for communications between the ISS and the future spacecraft. The team also installed nearly 122 metres of cable. 
Social media went into meltdown earlier this week when hundreds of users on Facebook, Twitter and several Thai language forums reported seeing UFOs. Sightings were mainly reported from the Bangkok area and it wasn't long before doomsday scenarios were being bandied about. Things went to a whole new level of hysteria when video footage emerged that had been captured by a YouTube user Kay Jane on her dashcam as she headed home from work. The Thai Astronomical Society joined the discussion and attempted to quash all the speculation by explaining the unique phenomenon witnessed was a flare from an Iridium satellite. It was explained that it happens when an antenna from one of these satellites reflects sunlight directly down at Earth. When it does, it creates a quickly moving illuminated spot on the Earth's surface. Such a logical explanation should have been the end of the matter, but it was only just the beginning. Despite the Astronomical Society sharing information for stargazers earlier in the day that a flare would be visible, the non-believers were on a roll and continued their wild and often crazy theories late into the night. Still in Thailand for this story, and radio politics in Thailand has hams caught in the middle. The Nation newspaper reports that a subcommittee on reforming the broadcasting and telecommunications industries wants the regulator to retain its independence and authority to allocate frequencies. According to the chairman of the subcommittee known as the PANA panel, this needs the support of the National Legislative Assembly. The new regulations for the proposed change were published in the Royal Gazette last July. The Thai Army had already been using the 50 to 54 megahertz band for emergencies, but the NBTC did not invite it to the public hearing to discuss the change. This prompted the Army to rush a letter to the NBTC opposing the move. The Army then sent another letter to regulators who promised to look into the matter. As all of this was happening, the NBTC prepared to allocate the new band from 146 to 148 MHz for amateur radio and reassign the 50 to 54 MHz band for the military. And caught in the middle of this dispute are the nation's ham radio operators who are now waiting out the political tug of war between the National Broadcasting and Telecommunications Council and the Thai military. The March 2015 edition of American Legion magazine will include a feature article about the hobby of amateur radio. Written by best-selling author Don Keith, N4KC, the article explains how ham radio remains exciting, important, and relevant even after 100 years of existence and so much technological change. It also reminds American Legion members about their organization's own club the American Legion Amateur Radio Club, or T-A-L-A-R-C, as well as how its members can get their licenses, establish club stations at more of the 14,000 posts around the country, and more. The Legion has an agreement with the Department of Homeland Security for assistance during emergencies, and the article talks about how amateur radio meshes well with that effort. Ron Huntsman, G3KBR from Cambridge, is one of the last surviving members of the production team who televised the 1961 trial of Adolf Eichmann, one of the Nazi architects of the Holocaust. Ron set up hidden TV cameras in the courtroom and fed the cables across the street, suspended by a catenary wire, to a rather rapidly built TV recording studio in a nearby building. The trial and, the trial and G3KBR's technical role were featured in a 90-minute drama, The Eichmann Show, screened recently on BBC These Two. These stories from the RSGB and from the Amateur Radio Newsline were on the web at www.arnewsline.org. And I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. You're tuned to VK1 WIA. 
From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix, VK4FUQ, Dateline 2015. John Moore Memorial Field Day 2015. This year the contest will occur over the weekend of Saturday the 21st to Sunday the 22nd of March. The duration of the contest will be from UTC 0100 hours on the Saturday to 0059 hours UTC on Sunday. Now is the time to complete your planning for the field day contest as there are only a couple of weeks to go before the event. Dennis, VK4AE, WIA coordinator for the John Moore Memorial Field Day, joins us. Considerable discussion has developed this year about what is the definition of a portable station. The particular rule has not changed in all of the years that I've been running the contest, so I for one am surprised by the confusion. Perhaps there is some deliberate misinformation being spread on the bands. To clarify the matter, the rule in question simply states a portable station comprises field equipment operating from a power source, e.g. batteries, portable generator, solar power, wind power, independent of any permanent facilities, which is not the normal location of any amateur radio station. This seems pretty clear and uncomplicated, however, much of the discussion centres on the query that if some lucky amateur has a large property, can a club station be set up as a portable station down the paddock from the house? Or, if a club wishes to erect a tent beside the local fire station to operate a portable station, is this suitable? The intent of the rule is to encourage clubs or individuals to transport equipment to a place that an amateur station does not normally operate from and then set up and operate a radio station. In fact, a number of portable stations in the past have been set up uh, in the local park, in the shelter shed or down the back paddock remote from the house. The place does not have to be some really remote location except for VHF and UHF. In fact, the more visible the station is to the general public, so much the better. As long as the power supply conditions are met, then a portable station can be effectively set up anywhere. The permanent comment refers to the radio station arrangement, not the shelter structure. Best of luck to all in the field day, and I look forward to working a few of you on the day, and most of all, receiving your logs after the event. Thank you. Thanks, Dennis. And again, the John Moyle Memorial Field Day is held the 21st and 22nd of March from UTC 0100 hour Saturday to 0059 hour Sunday. More contesting news. Who can forget it's the Tablelands Radio Group's AMNCW on Anzac Day, 25 April. Then the Harry Angel Sprint, 80 metres, May 2. Trans-Tasman Contest, 18 July from 0800 hours UTC. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 1 and 2. Remembrance Day Contest August 15 and 16. Oceania DX Contest for its full first weekend in October. Oceania DX Contest CW second full weekend in October. Awards. New Zealand National System Award 2015. This year the theme of the award is the Anzac Centenary. This is for ZLs and it's to do with Anzac 100. Operate on the national system from locations as close as possible to a war memorial. The award runs from dawn on Anzac Day, Saturday the 25th of April until sunset Sunday the 24th of May and must include a contact with ZL2WA. Special event stations DX, Began, Peter and Net Advice. 
Special Event Station K5B will be in operation on March the 22nd. This operation will be for the 26th Annual Bataan Memorial Death March Marathon event and held at the White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico. The event honours the victims and survivors of the Bataan Death March that took place in the Philippines during World War II and will operate from several different locations in the Las Cruces area. A Uruguay DX group will be operating from the Red Cross headquarters in San Martín as PJ-7C running through March 9th with two stations running 500 watts into three elements plus quarter-wave verticals on the lower bands. Modes will be CW and SSB and on 80 through 10 metres. QSL via the operations manager EB7DX. Active will be D44TG from Sao Tiago Island March the 15th to the 27th. Operations will be on 40 through 10 metres CW only. QSL virus home call sign HB9EBT. In our late F will be active stroke HP in Panama through March the 9th. Operations will be on the high frequency bands only. QSL via K8NA. PJ4F from Bonaire until March the 15th on various HF bands. QSL via M0URX. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the northern areas of Adelaide, it can be heard on VK5RLZ, 70cm repeater, on 439.975 MHz at 9am local time. I'm Keith, VK5OQ. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, and this is Special Interest Group News. Today we start with wireless weather, the monthly 10cm flux figures as of the 26th of February. In March, we expect a minimum of 105, an average of 126, and a maximum of 135, peaking from the 6th to the 11th. And in April, a minimum of 120, an average of 126, and a maximum of 135, peaking from the 2nd to the 6th. And to give you some perspective, last month of February, we had a minimum of 110, an average of 130, and a maximum of 154, peaking from the 1st to the 10th. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ARDF. And a reminder from Jack VK3 W that the 10th IARU Region 3 ARDF Championships will be held in JA from the 6th to the 12th of September. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio, ALARA, the Australian Ladies AR Association. Saturday last week saw a good roll-up of Alara and Friends of Alara meeting at a Brisbane Bayside Cafe to say hello to Tex and Lynn Battle, VK4SWE, down from Swears Island by way of Europe. Lynn is the VK4 Alara representative. Fourteen attended on a sunny, warmish morning, and much thanks to Cole, VK4CC, for arranging everything, and also for kindly providing hot chips and calamari for everyone out of his own pocket. Bambi says she hopes there are more eyeball QSOs in the future. Already Bambi runs Ladies Chill Out and Chatter, where they get together three to four times a month to do exactly that. Life, they say, begins at 40. So why not mark Alara's 40th birthday by attending their very special 40th birthday lunch? This gala event is being held at the Novotel Hotel Glen Waverley, Melbourne, July the 25th at 12 noon until 4pm. All YLs and of course their OMs are welcome to attend. The cost is $56. 
please email Jean Fisher, VK3VIP, Alara's president, for full details. Her email address, VK3VIP at WIA.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Live broadcast of Space Launch System Booster Test Firing. Yes, NASA is building the largest solid propellant rocket booster in the world. NASA will test this booster, designated Qualification Motor 1, or QM1, on March 11th, scheduled for 11.30am EDT. QM1 is a five-segment solid propellant booster that will help power the Space Launch System. The two-minute full-duration static test is a huge milestone for the SLS program and will qualify the booster design for high-temperature conditions. NASA's Space Launch System will be used to help send humans to deep space destinations like an asteroid and Mars. And US astronaut Michael Fink, KE5AIT, recently renewed his amateur radio licence through until 2025. KE5AIT served on ISS Expedition 9 from April 18 to October 23 of 2004, as well as Expedition 18 that began on October 12, 2008 and ended April 8, 2009. His last venture into space was on the STS-134 flight of the Space Shuttle Endeavour. That mission ran until May the 16th to June the 1st in 2011 and delivered the Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer and an express logistics carrier to the International Space Station. As such, at 381.6 days, KE5AIT currently holds the American record for the most time in space. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA, AS118, Members of the Kuwait Amateur Radio Society will be active as 9K2F from Faleka Island between March the 11th to 16th on the HF band's QSL via 9K2HN. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. A brownie took to the airwaves to speak to girls in the scouting movement on World Thinking Day. Karen Sippel, age seven, of the 17th League Brownies, is the great-granddaughter of radio amateur antenna designer Gordon Dickie Bird and sent greetings to 15 guides and brownies in South Ockenden. As the youngest member of the Essex Ham Radio Club, she broadcasts the message under the guidance of her parents, both of whom are licensed radio amateurs. She also went on to complete her first electronics project at the weekend at Southend's Raspberry Jam Technology event, where the team from Essex Ham was demonstrating how to send and receive radio messages to and from the International Space Station. Well done. All right, well, that's all from me this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Time for the social scene. And you've guessed it, we've reached the end of WIA National News for another week. March 15 in VK7, Meet the Voice Barbecue at Ross. March 21 in VK3, D-Star Users Group, 9am, Woodend RSL, Anslow Street. March 29 in VK3, EMDRC Hamfest. April 5 in VK2, Yurunga Radio Convention. April 11, make a note, April 11 in VK4, Redfest. April 12 in VK6, Harg Swap Meet. 10am, Les Murdy Hall, that's in 96 Gladys Road. 
April 18, worldwide, it's World Amateur Radio Day. April 25 in VK3, Anzac Day Radio Afternoon, Ballarat Showgrounds. May 1 to 3 in VK4, Clearview Gathering, contact Radars VK4 ACC. May 9 in VK4, Barkfest, Salvation Army Hall, Callumvale. And May 9 to 10 in VK, WIA, AGM in Canberra. June 6 to 7 in VK2, the Queen's Birthday 40th Annual Oxley Region Field Day. June 6 to 7, VK5, 51st Southeast Radio Group Convention and Australian Fox Hunting Championship. July 1 in VK4, Caboolture Hamfest. July 11, 12, VK3, Gipps Tech 2015. Also in VK3, July 18, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest. And Alara's 40th birthday lunch, the Novotel at Glen Waverley, happens in VK3, July 25. September 12 in VK4, Sunfest at Wombai, and also in VK4, September 25 to 27, Chark's AGM Weekend Camp at Fairburn, and that's near Emerald. October 2 to 5 in VK4, Cardwell Gathering, Beachcomber Motel and Tourist Park, the Gold Coast Hamfest at Broadbeach happens October 25, and November in VK3, it's the QRP by the Bay. Details from VK3YE. It's held the second Saturday in November. Now, till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.